0: Hello, and welcome to our FPC Conversations podcast, where we explore how God is working in the everyday lives of people in the FPC community. I'm Josh Gillespie, the Minister of City Engagement and Modern Worship at First Press. We hope that you're enjoying getting to know some of the amazing people at FPC through our podcast and the unique ways in which God works in each and every person. In today's episode, Jill Freeman has a conversation with Kaylee Reese, who shares her story, of how a simple invitation from a friend led her to faith, her calling into a career as a genetic counselor, and some of the ups and downs of her faith journey. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Jill and Kaylee. I'm a traveling man.
1: Well, hey, welcome back to um, FPC Conversations. I'm really excited today to be here with Kaylee Reese. Um, As we were thinking about folks in and around uh, First Press to interview, um, Kaylee popped into my mind as someone that maybe um, people wouldn't know as well, but somebody who is definitely worth knowing. Um, So we're going to have a conversation today about Faith and um, vocation and calling. So, Kaylee, welcome. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. And I want to start off with just um,
2: how did you come to First Press? Um, I started coming to First Press a long, long time ago, back when I was a third grader. I came with, so, Rachel Hamlin uh, was a member here. Now she's living in Texas. uh, was my best, is my best friend. Um, and so we would have sleepovers and her family would come to church every Sunday. And so I would come with, and that's how I started. And, um, kind of from there as, I mean, Rachel and I grew up together, we did everything together. And so in high school, church was a huge part of her life. And it was something that I felt like I could join in and have a community with, her and meet new people in high school. So that's kind of how it all originated. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I was sharing with you a bit ago that one of my memories is of you and your sister at a women's conference sharing just about how the conference touched you. And I was immediately drawn to you guys because I could kind of sense that your relationship was close, like me and my sister. And I know that our paths have intersected a little bit kind of over the years. Um, But can you just kind of tell me about some highlights of your time? Like, what has been meaningful as you've been involved over the years at Mm -hmm. First Press?
2: Um, What's this community been like for you, meant to you? Yeah. um, So... Oh gosh. I mean, there's been, I there's a lot because I've been kind of in and out of First Press um, for a long time. And part of that is we moved and um, came back and tried a couple different churches and ended up feeling like First Press was still our place. Um, but I think just thinking back to when I was younger with my sister, like, uh, I remember First Press as being like, a really like safe place that Maddie and I could come. And um, we had, like, a very gentle community around us, which I think we needed when we were younger. Um, I have good memories about, like, getting baptized here. Like, Jamie, uh, Pastor Jamie baptized me and, you know, like— we do like kind of the little sprinkle on the forehead here with the water. And then I like walked outside and it was like a torrential downpour. Like, so I was soaked. Um, and, you know, I also met Tyler here and um, we got to, uh, you know, bring our daughter here for the first time, um, you know, a couple of months after she was born. So those are some of like I think all of these things that have happened over the years are, like, each very beloved memories to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so hard to kind of, like, put, I don't know, into a couple sentences how that, what that means, I guess.
1: Yeah. It's one of the beautiful things about a church, like First Press, where these, there are these long histories that people have. Mm-hmm. It's so... <clears throat> Kind of collectively, we live a lot of life together over the years, yeah. and it's really sweet. Um, and even for those that were um, more loosely connected to, it's really see- sweet to see these eras like you coming to College Group and you meeting your husband, Tyler Reese, whose parents, Mark and Sandy, who have been here for. Mm-hmm long time been elders um, and the two of you getting together. And like you said, we'll talk a little bit more about why you moved, but you moved away. You came back, you have this beautiful baby girl now and getting to see her, um, you know, sort of announced and dedicated was really sweet. So um, I love, I love the way life unfolds in a church community. I'm curious if you can tell me, um, I, I know that your faith story is woven into that, but can you tell me about and how and why you came to follow Jesus?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of like growing up, I like knew about a God, <laughs> um, but there wasn't a lot of like details about that that we talked about in our family. Um, my family is pretty open, um, and my mom came from a LDS background, so I had a little bit of that influence. Um, but I would, I was really never, like, no one ever asked me about what I thought about God or, um, so I, I don't think it was really until I started coming, um, in like later elementary, junior high, high school with Rachel, um, in the kind of the era with Greg Ellert and um, like the Smiths in high school group um, where people started to ask me questions about what I actually believed. And I think it took me quite a while to kind of vet that out and figure it out. Um, but I uh, I think that consists like there are a lot of people at First Press that were very consistent and I think that I needed that. And that was also like, um, I think that God is also like this consistent part of our lives. And that was modeled through people here at First Press. Um, and so I think around when I turned 16 is when I was like, I, I, I can't like deny this anymore. Like this is um, like my belief in god and what jesus did for me is um like is life changing and i'm re- like ready to take that step whatever that may look like and i think at, you know at 16 i did, maybe didn't even know what that meant but that was certainly like the the launch off point um from there <laughs>
1: yeah i i think you know it's really sweet to think about the ways in which a community would model Christ in a way that's compelling. And there's for many of us, it's like a genesis of like, okay, I believe this, and then after that, there's this long journey of like, but how do I shake that out over the course of my life? And mm-hmm. how do I, how do I make sense of like an unfolding, forming faith and and a, a personal formation, a theological formation? And um, I think my sense for you is that. Um, in part, um, that also sort of unfolding with your career. Um, so I, um, we have been social media friends for a long, long time, and have kind of had that um, like loose connection. And like I said, you and your sister came a bit—I don't know if you'd say it like this—but a bit like orphans to First Press <laughs> um, because you didn't come with the whole family, or you didn't mm-hmm. really grow up here. And it was similar to my sister and I—we we came kind of on our own and got sort of adopted and grafted into the family of First Press. So I've always had a kind of a soft spot in my heart for you and your sister. Um, and so I vaguely have known about um, kind of the trajectory of your life and. Um, and I was really intrigued when you um, you had sort of done some college, and you were on one career path, and then all of a sudden, um, you sort of talked about genetic counseling. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, it was the first time that I had really heard much about that. Um, and so I think I remember maybe we had like a very brief conversation before you were like off into a master's degree program in Utah, and um And so I was just really intrigued by that, and it's a good opportunity now to kind of hear. So let's start with first give um, just a basic, for anybody who doesn't know, what is a genetic counselor? And then let's talk about how you came to that sort of sense of vocational calling. Okay.
2: That's a great question. I get this question all the time. (laughs) And sometimes I struggle answering it because genetic counselors can hold a lot of roles. Um, but my general kind of like two sentence, what is a genetic counselor, is um, genetic counselors are medical professionals who are trained in both human genetics and counseling. Um, and we help people use their personal genetic information uh, to understand their health or disease. Um, so that's kind of my, my little spiel for the to encompass all of the things that genetic counselors do. But we are health professionals, counselors, and educators, I think, are the three main
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, well said. So, yeah, what, what were you pursuing before that, and what launched you into this whole new trajectory? You
2: know, I don't even know if I knew what I was pursuing before genetic counseling. I think I went to Fresno State, and I was like, love kinesiology i'm just gonna this is what i'm gonna do and then i realized like i have no idea what kind of jobs i can do with this degree um and on the flip side i was married to tyler and he has always wanted to be a math teacher and so it was i was confused like floundering like what what am i doing like do i have a calling i don't know um And so I dabbled in teaching a bit and it just, there were things that I liked about teaching, but it just wasn't, in the end, it wasn't the right fit for me. Um, And so around when I was like really just questioning, like, do I need to stay in teaching or do I need to completely change my path? Um, Uh, my cousin had a daughter, she has Down syndrome. And so I started to learn about Down syndrome and their experience with the genetic counselor. Um, So that was kind of how I first learned about genetic counseling. Um, And as I learned more about genetic counseling, I kind of realized like, is this nice intersection of it's like heavy science where you can kind of dig into uh, like the language of life, I guess I would say, as far as genetics go. Um, and then also like teaching people about genetic disease, how it happens, and then also how it fits into their life and all the feelings they might feel around that. Um, so I think that I was challenged academically but also the like personable side of me that wants to know people felt it just felt right and I think those two things really kind of pushed me into I guess kind of chasing genetic counseling because it was a long road to actually get in but that was the genesis of it all
1: Yeah, yeah yeah and that um that chasing that journey took you to Utah Yes. Um, Where you finished your graduate work. Um, What was that
2: time in your life like? Um, Utah was both so wonderful and also really tough and a dark point (laughs) for Tyler and I because um, like my life was just Being in my master's program. And it was something that I had worked so hard to do. And I always knew that I wanted to go to the University of Utah. And the genetic counseling programs are on a match system. So you don't get to pick where you go, you just get matched with the program. And so we got matched there. And, you know, it really felt like a God thing the whole time. Like we're supposed to be in Utah, we felt like we were supposed to be here. And then we were there and we had our fair share of struggles because I was busy. And, um, you know, being in school at one of a tough medical school, it gave me a had I had to develop a, a thick skin when I got, you know, feedback that was hard. And um, I like really, really struggled with anxiety in. Uh, in Utah. And so we, um, yeah, we just, we are kind of holding both, like enjoying the time in Utah together where, you know, it was just us. We didn't have our families. So we did have intentional time, but also like kind of growing through some of the pain of like yucky anxiety. And
1: (laughs) yeah, I think for so many people, if they haven't had the experience of being in a, um, in a medical school kind of setting, like it's really hard to even fathom the amount of pressure and work that goes along with that. And so, to be on the other side of it is an enormous accomplishment. So you finally get through the program. <laughs> you guys have been away. <clears throat> You've established, uh, you know, a life to an extent at Utah and. I also know you guys to, to be pretty outdoorsy and, and love to be in wild places, which Utah is kind of a Mecca for, yes. but you decided to come back to the Central Valley. Yes. Um, not that we don't have our fair share of beautiful wild places here, but what drew you back?
2: That's a really good question, and I think we also struggled with this decision because I had a couple job offers in Utah, and uh, they were great offers. In fact, things that I really wanted to do. Um, but there was just some reason that i could not say no to the offers that i had here in Fresno and i went back and forth so many times and i in the end tyler was he just said like it it doesn't have to make sense um like if you feel like we need to go back then we can go back and we can always change our mind mm-hmm. um and that's also the lesson that I've learned like throughout my grad school experience and now in practice as a GC and like we can change our mind, whether that's, you know, in our career or, uh, or where we live or, you know, we can give ourselves that grace to do that. Um, so I don't know if I have a why we chose to come back, but I'm so, so grateful we did because now that we are here, um, you know, it feels like, it feels like home, um, my sister had her first baby uh, just before we had ours. And I can't imagine like n- not being there for that type of stuff. So I think, um, I don't know if I believe in like ha- if things are meant to be or not, but it, it seems like in some sense we were just pushed in, in a direction that yeah, if that, that does was. exist, this if gets that does pretty exist, close to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um,
1: and so you um, you came back to First Press. You had tried some other things. Um, yeah, anything about, you know, kind of what it's been like to be back at First Press? You know, for both of you, it's kind of a church to an extent that you grew up in. Nice. And then you went away and had um, a kind of a an independent adult life for a season and now you're back. What has that been like for you?
2: Yeah. Um, the decision to come back to first press was very intentional for us. Um, I think, so I graduated uh, from Utah in 2020 and a lot was happening in those years. Um, <laughs> to put it lightly. Yes. And, <laughs> um, and I think I was, so <clears throat> I remember, uh, if we can kind of go back to like May, 2020, we were in Utah, um, pandemic. And I remember like being in lockdown, sitting on our couch and watching, um, like the, the video footage of, um, what happened at George Floyd and, I, it like hit me that I had been praying this prayer for so long, where like I want I wanted my heart to break for the things that broke God's heart, and it just felt like that was the first time that I I was like, this this is so painful and is breaking my heart, and I know it's something that's breaking God's heart too. And so that was kind of like a changing moment for me where I realized like. I don't want to uh continue to kind of have these blind spots in my life um, where I'm like perpetuating um hurt um in in God's creation and I need to figure out what that looks like. Um so then like fast forward a couple months, we move back to Fresno, we're trying to find like a church home in the middle of the pandemic. And I was like, how do I find a place that's going to honor like my boundaries as a healthcare provider in the middle of a pandemic? And also, um, like let me figure out these changes that are, are happening inside of me and like how my faith and social justice all kind of like intersect together. And we tried out a few places that just didn't, it just didn't work for us. Like I didn't, we didn't feel comfortable. And, and then any time we came back to first press, it just felt, um, it felt like I had a place to explore that part of me and those changes that were happening inside of me. In fact, I felt like there were other people here that were maybe doing the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we knew at that point that, yeah, that was kind of where our, where we, we wanted to stay here and kind of be on this journey um, here. And I think that maybe it's more to do with what was happening with us. But again, first place, first press is a safe place for us to figure it yeah. out. And I don't know. Maybe I took your question kind of like in a. I think what that's a lovely that direction to <laughs> take the
1: question. One of the things that I think is um is a worthy. Question: One question I think is worthy is um, when you think about participating in a body like First Press, um, what do you have that we need, and what do we have as a church that you need?
2: Like, Mm -hmm. what's that relationship? That's a really sweet question. (laughs) Yeah, I think. I, I like this question because also one of the things I've struggled with in the past with trying out different churches and places over time is i I never felt like I fit into the box of like uh, women in hospitality or taking care of children. and I struggled with that because I went I would go to church and feel like... People want want me to be involved, but they want me to be involved in these specific roles that I was uncomfortable in. And at first press, I feel like um, I can kind of figure out what my strengths are and um, use those like as as I'm comfortable. And I think um, I don't know. I have. My anxiety is probably talking about kind of a lack of confidence on like identifying my own gifts, but I, uh, I feel as though like I really just like to get to know people like deeply, and, um, and and try and love them where they're at. Um, I think that's something that I enjoy doing. So whether that's a, like a strength that I can offer, first press, you know, I don't know. I maybe I hope so um why wouldn't it be (laughs) (laughs) um and then um first press is just I I like the words that keep coming back to me are like consistency um there are just so many people here that have like just they've been kind of rocks that I can go back to when things are all over the place like I think of Tyler's parents um and even my husband like Tyler is the most consistent and sweet person there is um and so you know the Martins um Megan (laughs) so I think maybe that's just something I need it's just like consistency and predictability Mm -hmm. um that probably says a lot about like my my past and well you know (laughs) um but I promise I won't psychoanalyze you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um,
1: you. <laughs> I do think it's um, First Press, is it, um, it's a sweet it's a and I think maybe to some extent a unique place for particularly professional women because it's a church that values women in leadership um, and there are places to exercise um, a wide range of gifts. And, mm-hmm. um, and none of them are diminished. Like right. we have people who, whose gifting and calling is in ministries of being a deacon. And, and like you said, hospitality is one of the things that we're known for here. And so it's a, such a lovely place to experience those gifts, but also lots of other gifts are valued too. And, and I can resonate with that because I, um, I have found... <clears throat> I have found giftings outside of that tapped and um, and grown, right? I often mm-hmm. say I'm a, kind of a product of this place. For you in your profession, I, I want to hear a little bit more about now that you're you're kind of well into your work as a genetic counselor, you're at Valley Children's Hospital. Um, wh- in what ways do you see your faith and your vocation kind of intersecting, and, and what way do you understand calling at this point?
2: Uh, yeah so I don't know if like saying that my calling is to be a genetic counselor. (laughs) Um, I certainly enjoy it right now. Um, I think that I get to kind of come into places with families where they can be feeling a lot of, of different things. Um, confusion, guilt, um, anger, just when you're kind of faced with a child who maybe has a disease of some sort um, and I get to sit with them in that, acknowledge that all of those things are completely valid um, and also speak um, like value and um, kind of encourage them that despite these extra challenges that they're in right now, that that doesn't change like the worthiness or the love, um, that they have as a family or that their child, you know, has. Um, and so I think in, in a way, um, that's a way that I can use my faith in my vocation or, um, or at least how I see it. Um, and I think, for me, I like to just—I know that God meets me where I'm at, and I think that that's something that I am able to do for families in my career, um, and and kind of meet other people where they're at too, and not have expectations or not, you know, push anyone in any direction. So. Um, yeah. 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 Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. When you think about, um, you know, we've we've sort of woven in between, you know, your vocation and your your place here at First Press. Um, when you think about what God seems to be doing, and um, and also what you hope maybe He will do, mm-hmm. um, how might you answer that? And and maybe that's um, professionally, and and maybe it's um, here at First Press. But just where do you think it's God at at work and moving, um, and where are you hoping He'll They'll move. Yeah.
2: Um, I, this is a tough one because, and I think it's tough right now because the last year or two have been tough years. Um, and I think kind of in those, those tough years, maybe my like fallback is to feel like God is distant, but God's actually not distant. <laughs> it's just um, it's probably my, like my distance from, um, from God. Um, and I think that he's just continuously showing me that despite um, these really, really tough scenarios that we've had to get through in the last couple of years, um, that he's still this like sovereign, loving um, God who you know feels that pain and um, yeah, I it's hard to put words to, I think, but um, he's consistent. Yes, maybe that's the theme here. <laughs> consistency. Um, yes, I think. Maybe this is a, like a growing season where we're just kind of like, you know, like selling the seeds, trying to get through this time and waiting to see what's next. Um, and I think that's important work just as like figuring out what, yeah. yeah so I don't, I don't know if I know, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah.
1: I think I'm mean, at least in my own experience, you know, when we walk through these seasons of, of suffering, be they large or maybe more mild, um, it's really common, the impulse to kind of withdraw and um, maybe go inward or um, pull back. And, um, and I think it's interesting to contend with a call to like actually step in. Um, And and I think that probably relates to this, the feeling that we often have in suffering of, like, God is distant. Mm -hmm. And I think the way you phrase it, like, but maybe I'm the one that's distant. Like, maybe I'm the one that, like, is retreating because that's such a natural impulse in suffering is, you know, we sort of, like, we kind of need, in a sense, to lick our wounds. And yet um, God can do incredible things in community when we press in. Mm-hmm. And how that all works is really tough. <laughs> There's yes. no formula to that, but um, but I, I at least in my own life have seen that time and time again. Like when you enter in into community and when you allow vulnerability around that, um, yeah, God is at work consistently. So <laughs> yes. so yeah, it'll be um, it'll be neat to see what that will look like for you and for Tyler. Yeah. Anything that you hope for um, looking forward for First Press, like what if you had to paint some dreams for what's ahead for us as it as a community what would you say
2: um, I think I just want to see first press continue to diversify and we've certainly seen some of that over the last couple of years which we've really enjoyed I want to see more of that um, and um, I think that's it yeah I want to see that I'm and first press is continues to be like a a place that's a place that we that we feel peace. So I think I want others to be able to feel that too, and um, maybe you know everyone feels that peace and that safety in like in a different way. So maybe we if we can figure out how to you know help uh, help others feel that too, <laughs> however that looks. So.
1: Yeah, my sense is that's probably not disconnected from the question about that you were sort of um, thinking out loud about, like, what's your place? Mm -hmm. Um, What's the place for somebody who is um, dental and cares about people's stories and and has the ability to hold them is probably really connected to first Mm -hmm. press being uh, a safe place for others. So be cool to see what's to come. Thank you so much for this conversation. What a delight. Um, It's it's like my sincere hope that more and more people get to know you. Um, I think, like I said at the the top, you're really worth knowing. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. and, um, And I expect that many people will be blessed by your conversation today. That's
2: sweet. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Thanks again for listening. We would love to hear from you if you have any questions or feedback from our FPC Conversations podcast. Feel free to send us an email to conversations at fpcfresno.org. May this podcast deepen your faith, deepen our love for one another, and ultimately help us become more like Jesus. Until next time.